Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Hey guys, it's Daniel Smooth from Time to BS. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. And I got something to tell you all today. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one simple place. Let me explain before we start the show. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or even your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and even and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one simple place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So what are you waiting for? Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the show. Thanks to our friends at Unhinged Sports Network. Check out more shows like us, including the Air Raid Attack Podcast, the Gridiron Gallery, the J-Dash Morning Show, and many more. Don't forget, you get to find them at unhingedsn.com. And thanks for tuning in to this episode of Time to BS Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we fucking made it. It's time to BS. It's not one of my, uh, my proudest moments. That's for and sure. And paid the price this Sunday for it. paid the piper. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh, thank you, Karma. The church Karma. of Josh Allen. The Church of Josh Allen. I'll do sins against you. Yes, the Church of Josh Allen is, is not pleased with me right now. A U Stadium podcast. Grace. Uh, still struggling? <laughs> and part of the Unhinged Sports Network. And now to start your weekend with us. It's, it's time, time to, to BS. BS. Well, this is an awkward transition we got here. <laughs> John is in a bathrobe. I am wearing a Kahuna shirt because I can. And John can as well. But if you're watching on YouTube, this is glorious. <laughs> this is a glorious sight indeed. Uh, John, what's up? Nothing much, man. Long day, long day. Two in a row, back to back. Awful, yeah. Crazy shit during this time. Crazy yeah. shit. Uh, we got some interesting hockey going on. Hey. So uh, I'm I'm with you on David Quinn. Fire him. Fire him. After what he I must. heard, after what I heard in his press conference, he's not the right guy. For unacceptable. You can't do that. You just can't do that. And look at how he's managing his lineup too every night. Yeah. He's not flexible and he's not doing what he needs to do with the young players correct and he's holding them back i I saw i saw this crazy stat um alex lafernier um alex lafernier or however the fuck his last name is pronounced is swedish right he's swedish yeah okay so lafernier let's call him alex lafernier um he has one point in 14 games to put in perspective 2000 number one overall pick Rick DiPietro has two points in his first 14 games. 
Look, that is a it's simply goal unacceptable. It's because they're not using him correctly. Now, I thought about this because, you know, I'm, I'm not an Islander fan. Um, I, I'm an Islander fan, not a Ranger guy, but, you know, I keep track There's of no bad coaches when you see it. I know bad coaches when I see them. I had Jack Capuano, I had Doug Ways, and Teddy Nolan as head coaches. It all screams. Yeah. It, What's it, going on with head. the young players screams poor head coaches. It's in my head. I have. I read this in my head. So I'll tell you what it is. The same things that I criticized those guys for when they were coaching the Islanders or is stuff that I'm seeing David Quinn do night in and night out. Now, to be fair, he's never coached in the, in the NHL before, so I give him a pass on that. But wasn't he like a and, national champion head coach at Boston College? Yeah, so the fact that he somehow doesn't know how to use young talent is, is kind of – strange. Yeah, it, I cannot make sense of it. Because when they hired him, I thought a college coach would be perfect <laughs> for coaching young talent for a rebuild. <laughs> exactly. I just I didn't up. look at it as a bad hire. The fact, the fact that you and I are both showing glorious chest hair on this YouTube video <laughs> is fucking great. <laughs> yeah, you get the nips yeah, going. Easy there, we're on YouTube. <laughs> we're not on Pornhub. Let's be clear here, man. <laughs> uh, the Islanders have been surging like crazy. Uh, they have currently 19 points. Which is as I thought they would because their slow start. I did not slow really. Start, that. Uh, Sorokin had a shutout last night. Yay. Hey. Yay. And then um but back to the Rangers. I think you have to pull the plug. Is Gerard Gallant still out there? I'm not sure. Because he would be my perfect hire for the Rangers. Yeah, that would be a good fit. That'd be a great hire. No, I feel like he would actually suit the young style players that they've drafted. Now, let's understand who Gerard Gallant is for those of you who do not know hockey knowledge like we do. Gerard Gallant is the former head coach of not only the Florida Panthers, but the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, he, has a, he has a weird tendency of getting the best out of nothing, which is – and then he gets fired for some reason, which is on paper he would on paper that range this Ranger roster would probably be one of his best rosters going in. Mm-hmm. And this is a this is a team that I picked to make the playoffs. I thought they would be a playoff team potentially. Um, I thought they would be you know fourth in the East Division. You know I thought they'd be better than Pittsburgh. I thought they'd be better than not as good because as the, they should be because they should be. It's the point. It's they should be. I mean, you have Artem Panarin, you know. Anyone who's watched any, anyone who's watched really any amount of Ranger hockey this year could tell you what the problem is. And their best game was against the Islanders, a five, if like a four nothing shutout, or is it five nothing? Five nothing, because that was the second game. Okay, but at the same time, you got to look at it as like, oh. Well, that was against a goalie on his first game, that 5 yeah, nothing shutout. Yeah. The, the Islanders' emergency, technically emergency started, uh, Ilya Sorokin, um, which is still crazy for me to think that Ilya Sorokin is in the NHL after yeah. watching this kid for years. I think it's crazy that they threw him out for Rangers-Islanders in his first game. Well, in his defense, Varlamov got hurt in warm-ups. Yeah. That's still, like, that's really giving a raw deal. 
Yeah, it's, that's a fair point. That's a fair observation to make. That's a raw deal. Yeah, but eh, I mean, he's getting goal support, which it's crazy. A Barry Trotz team getting goals, scoring goals left and right at the wazoo. It's awesome. It's what they needed to do. They needed that. And, and that's what cost them the series against Tampa. And Kim, if you're watching or listening to this, I told you the kids would make an impact, and you didn't listen to me. <laughs> Kim, Most our, natural hockey fan wants to see instant gratification that must see through the kids' development. Uh, Kim, the Isles girl, are one of our favorite one of our favorite hockey nut jobs on this podcast. Um, she said that the Islanders would not would not win their divi- would not win the division. I did pick them to win the East. I thought they'd be one of the best, the second best record in. Oh Jesus! I think we're in the Eastern Conference still. Christ, I thought they would yeah. have one of the best records in the league. I didn't think they would win the President's Trophy, but I thought they would win the division, but close. Regardless, regardless of, the- I had them as an upper tier team. Because whenever I predict hockey, I don't even bother making standards anymore because that'll just I'll get butchered at the end. Yeah, of course. So I just try to just put teams in the tiers. I didn't think Dallas would make the playoffs. And so far so far, I'm I'm mixed on that one. I'm mixed. But yeah. uh uh Dallas is always a weird team to put a finger on. Like so there are times where they can have 110 points, and then the next year they have like 68. They went to the final. Yeah, they went to the finals last year, which is nuts. Yeah. Which is nuts to think of that. Because I'm friends with quite a few Stars fans, and trust me, none of them saw that team making the final. No. No. Not a single one of them thought it was coming anytime soon. Yeah. Well, that's also the playoffs for you. Because in hockey, you'll have teams like, say, the 2006 Oilers make the final. Oh, for the love of God, that fucking team. That fucking team. Man. Nuts. Nuts shit. That has to be the biggest anomaly in sports. I mean, to be fair, Nashville made the final one year, so. That that team is better than the 06 Oilers. Yeah. And that uh, the 06 Oilers came within one game of a cup. Yeah, they came one game of the of the Stanley Cup. Look at that roster. Let's think of that. Let's think of that. And they, they beat good, some good teams in the West. I want you to understand. Okay, fine. I'm going to look at the 2006 playoffs. They beat some good West teams. I'm going to look this up here. That was uh, – no, that was – yeah, there we go. Yeah, the defending champion. Yeah, it was canceled. Oh five, oh four, oh five season. Uh, Christ. Okay, here we go. Edmonton beat Detroit. Yeah, that was probably a stack. Did Detroit win the Presidents Trophy that year? Yeah, I bet you that was like you know probably like the height of like Detroit. Yeah, Detroit won the Presidents Trophy that year. They probably didn't have Fedorov. They may have still had Eiserman, but they definitely had, like, Gatsby Gazzetta version. Hold on. Give me a second. Yeah, President Trophy winner is 124 points. Okay, so. 24 and they lost. They lost in the first round in six. Embarrassing. It's sick. 
So they beat somebody the better have lost their job. Detroit Red that. Wings in, they beat the Red Wings in six, the Sharks in six. Oh, that was a good San Jose. That, that was a great. That was a really good San Jose team. I'll give them that. Um, and the Ducks in five, and then they and they they took Ooh, and the, the Ducks went on to win the Cup that next year. And the and the they took the eventual champion Hurricanes to seven games. Yeah, that's a bizarre champion. That was a weird season. Yeah. It was a weird season. And then there's the Sabres. <laughs> the fucking Sabres. <laughs> Could this season be weirder than that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so. Wasn't well, that the year we saw the way Carolina Buffalo Conference Final? Hold on. Let's look at the standings right now. Okay, so. Currently in the Central Division, Florida, Tampa, Florida has 22 points. Uh, that I don't four, get. The top four, yeah, who guessed that? Top four, top four teams in order, Florida, Tampa Bay, Carolina, and Chicago. Who the fuck picked Chicago? Um, yeah. Florida, Chicago, and there, what the? Yeah, it's just what the hell. And then the East Division is expected, Boston, New York Islanders, Philadelphia, Washington. The North is weird. Toronto, Montreal, Winnipeg, and Edmonton. What the fuck happened to Vancouver? Uh, the West is Jim Va- Benning. Yeah, yeah, fuck Jim Benning <laughs> and the Church of Pedersen. Uh, <laughs> that's a great Twitter follow, by the way. The Church of Pedersen, the Church of Elias Pedersen. <laughs> <laughs> I follow Jim Benning Twitter because of that. Uh, and the West is Vegas, St. Louis, Colorado, and Arizona. That's a shit show division. Yeah. I mean, the Coyotes are just there. The Coyotes. Yeah, because the issue is you probably have all the California teams in that division, and all three of them are involved deep in a rebuild. Yeah. That's a. Yeah. Yeah, so that kind of makes the division kind of, you know, it makes itself. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Because Anaheim, LA, and San Jose are none of those teams are going to be making the playoffs. No, Anaheim, San Jose, Los Angeles, and Minnesota are not making the playoffs. Uh, Anytime soon. Ottawa's not making it. Yeah. The Rangers, they have the great Matt Murray. Here's the thing. The one team the, that- the Rangers will only make it if they fire Quinn. Yeah, you're you're high on this. Dan Quinn needs David Quinn needs to be fired. Train. You're telling me that there's anybody they'd make it in their current state. I mean, if no. they somehow, I mean, if they sum up Pry Lindy Ruff on the Devils, which ain't gonna happen. Yeah, no, he's doing a good job. He's doing an okay job with the Devils. Mike would tell you that he's doing okay. I think uh, compared to what they've had. Fair point. Fair point. When did we start recording, by the way? Uh, I'm not. Not 100% sure. Yeah, I don't know. Not 100% sure with that. <laughs> um, what do you think of free agencies going on? Oh, my God. J.J. Watt got caught. I forgot to tell you that. Yeah, I know. Shocking. I oh. heard he wants to go to Buffalo. If it goes to the Bills, oh my God! <laughs> yeah, I heard there's. I saw somewhere that there's mutual interest. If the Bills get JJ Watch's Super Bowl Super Bowl team right there, yeah, because their defense was not that bad. Just their pass deep. Just keep Josh Norman off the field as far away from possible. 
You know what else could be scary if it was possible? What? I, um, if he goes to the Browns and you have J.J. Watt and Miles Garrett as your end. I don't know where he's going to go. That's the weird part. I mean, people Steelers scream, to be with his brother. People scream Pittsburgh, but I don't think he's going to go to the Steelers. I think I see Bills if he wants to win a Super Bowl. If he wants to win a championship in the AFC, Bills. go to the Bills. Bills. Go to the Bills. That's easy. Because he'll, he'll both he'll, – he's going to be guaranteed playing time so long as he's healthy. And he'll be a fan favorite right out of the gate. Yep. Right out of and, the gate. And that gives him his best shot of a Super Bowl So right let's understand – okay. Bills fans are as good of – are as great of fans as anyone. You win in Buffalo, they'll love you forever. Exactly. You look at the church of Josh Allen for an exact reason. Yeah. For an exact reason. You win in Buffalo. Look at how they – Look at how they love all the '90s Bills. I mean, the, the fucking Egypt, the guys like James Kelly, Thurman Thomas, guys like that were treated as gods in Buffalo. Exactly, exactly. Oh, it's nuts. Did you see? There's a report out there that Zach Wilson is the new quarterback one in the draft. Yeah. No, I don't buy it. No, I don't, I don't buy, buy it either. I saw the report, but no way. Did you see a little bit of BYU play? I did. How is he? He's not bad. I think he can, he can be a pro quarterback, but I would not put him above Trevor Lawrence. Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. Yeah, so anyone's saying he's the new QB1, I just don't see it. Can we call Trevor Lawrence gold, uh, male Goldilocks? I think we can. <laughs> Surfer Goldilocks. <laughs> you know, it's fitting he's going to a coastal city. He looks like a football surfer, dude. Yeah. Like, f- the only thing more fitted would have been if he ended up in, like, L.A. <laughs> Miami. <laughs> yeah, Jacksonville. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, perfect. Jacksonville has good beaches. Yeah, they do. That's why I mean. It's so fitting he ended up in Florida. <laughs> I feel like he, it would look so awkward if he was like the quarterback of like Green Bay. Oh God, that'd be so no bad. beaches around. There. Tr- no. Oh man, the quarterback carousel. Yeah. We ended up many, in like Minnesota. How many teams? Like would, Minnesota. How many, okay, how many teams do you think they would be desperate enough to get the number one overall pick from Jacksonville? I mean, the Jaguars would have to be stupid to do that. They'd have, if they'd they have to be very dumb. They'd be stupid. But, yeah, that's a perfect – football surfer, dude. I'm putting that out. Oh, man. Yeah, because there's going to be so many QBs available, nobody would want to give up the price that Jacksonville would accept. Okay, let's look at Alex Lafournier's defense. Um, he's actually scoring – but he's actually shooting the puck, is he not? He's shooting the puck, right? Yeah. He's shooting. He's just not scoring. I think his on. I think his only point. I think Came his only, in overtime against Buffalo. Yeah, his only his only point was a goal against Buffalo in overtime. And it was a good goal. It was a good goal. Look, there's potential there. I just think he's not being properly utilized. Yeah, it's true. 
Like to me, once like young players are underperforming, that's a sign that a coach needs to go. Because the Rangers have a whole another round of prospects coming up in the next two years. Do we want Quinn coaching them? Top two picks for back to back drafts. Capo Kaka, who looks like he's doing okay, right? Yeah. And then you have potentially what people say is the next Sidney Crosby in, in Lafernier. Yeah, it could end up being the next Alex Diegel if this, right? Oh, my God. That's a reference right there. That is a <laughs> reference, my friend. That is a reference. Only a true hockey fan knows that. Oh, God. That's bad. <laughs> oh man. Did you oh did you um I saw this I saw this picture of out of uh Yarmir Yager and his uh supposed wife? Yeah. Did you see that? Yes. And <laughs> he's killing it. It's not even that. His wife looks like she's sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> my man, my man's killing it. Harvey Yager, who's, who's one of the greatest players in hockey history, second all time in goals it. and points, second all time in every single statistical category in NHL history, behind only Wayne Gretzky, except for games played. But oh man, one of so, the all time great. Oh, it was so funny. I have to find this. Uh, I have to That's find a picture that I was honestly my thought was good for him. So I assume she was like at least eighteen. Give me a second. So Do we know the oh age? Oh man. She's oh man. So if you can see this on so if you guys can see this on Instagram on uh YouTube, oh my god. It's the perks of being a pro athlete. It's not even that. Look how old Yager is. He's forty nine. Yeah. And then there's his wife. Is it his wife? Ah. Oh, man. I don't know. Give me a second. I got to find this. Uh, Is that his wife? One can hope. One can hope that's his wife. Mm. But I'm sure Yarmy Yager is a great guy to have a few drinks with. Oh, most definitely. By all accounts, everywhere like he went, people Jesus. loved him. Yager's wife. That is not his wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I felt bad. Good for wait, him. That's wait, hold on. What? Yarmir Yager wife. That is not his wife in that picture. <laughs> Christ. Oh, man, that was bad. But that's just... uh, Yager. Yeah, it's just Yager. Who is this individual? Oh, she's a model. Oh, that's... Is that his daughter? Okay, then... Then I'll have to take back everything I said. Okay, we have to take back everything we said then. Okay, that's bad. Okay. Okay. Okay, time out. We're going to hell. Penalty box we go. Someone into the penalty box. Yeah. I volunteer, John. You were just a dirty. Hey, listen, you're the one in the bathrobe here. 
Hey, Hugh Hefner wore a bathrobe, but I can't I. Hugh Hefner wore a bathrobe in his entire existence. Yeah, I think I should start just walking around in the bathrobe, man. I would pay to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay to see that. <laughs> I'll be driving. You'll see me driving around in my bathrobe. Here, here's the here's the here's the trick, though. You have to drive around in a Jeep Wrangler, and not just any Jeep Wrangler. You have to I get have the doors off. Beach Wranglers, with, yeah, with the doors off. <laughs> with the robe wave. With the. <laughs> And then if pop- <laughs> <laughs> when the cops pull me over, you mean a barstool sports flag? <laughs> my <Off the flag laughs> post. <laughs> Saturdays are for the boys. I end up on the bathroom. internet. You're in a bathroom and a mullet. <laughs> I'd be on the internet. I'd be on like barstool. I'd be on total frat move. I'd be on the mall. <laughs> I would not be surprised if you did that. That's the funny part. I can actually hey. see you doing that. Hey, I was on Total Frat Move before. Well, you were? Yeah. You were? You're smashing a beer can on my head. I have to find was this I have to find this. It was way back in twenty seventeen. Oh, I'm not gonna find it then. Um, you might if you scroll long enough. But they post like God knows how many things a day, so like you know Oh Christ. I think I was still pledged. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. That's just bad. What? Oof. Oof. What are you looking at? I don't know. I'm just looking at stupid shit as per usual. <laughs> when am I not looking at stupid shit? Yeah, that's life. Yeah, that's true. I'm always looking at stupid shit. I'm always looking at dumb shit. That's the funny part. Always looking at ways to look at dumb shit. What's another stupid thing I can look up? I don't know. Let's see what we got here. I don't know. Alright. Let's transition to the next segment. Hi guys, it's Dan. Time to be as podcast and the Unhinged Sports Network have recently partnered with Fubo TV. What is Fubo TV, you might ask? Well, here's the thing. Fubo TV brings you hundreds upon hundreds of channels, including NBC, CBS, Fox, ABC, ESPN, and many more, without the hassle of a cable contract. Don't believe me? Click the link in the description now and start your seven-day free trial today. It's time to BS. Look at her, she's so beautiful. A U Stadium podcast. Hello, everyone out there tuning in for this particular segment. Um, Joining me for the first time making his time to be his debut is co-host of U Stadium's The Sports Desk, Jack Mitchell. What's up, dude? How you doing? This is a long-awaited moment. It's been a while. (laughs) <laughs> is it really, is it really? I, I, I feel like it has been i think i think you've wanted to come on before 
but just we haven't been able to work shit out. But yeah, uh, it seems like that's the case. You can catch his sh- You can catch uh, Jack and Ryan uh, on their show, The Sports Desk, uh, every Friday at six p.m. Eastern Time on U Stadium's YouTube page. So, um, free agency is just around the corner, my man. I'm pumped. I am I pumped. Oh, oh. I mean, I, I knew this was going to be a good year when Goff and Stafford got traded and the Super Bowl hadn't even been played yet. So, oh, yeah. But I think you're one of the only three Ram fans I know and respect. <laughs> and probably one of the very few U Steam hockey fans I know. Hockey's, it's an underrated sport on U Steam. As a disgruntled King fan. Yeah. Oh, I haven't got a big win last night, though, thankfully. Yeah, big win for uh, for the Islanders last night. Hold on, thought speaking of. You know me, I gotta get my jersey on for supporting the white whale. Big old Elias Sorokin. Shit. Shit. I dropped my hat. There we go. No, this is not a Matt Barzell jersey. This is a uh, Colin McDonald, former Islanders prospect. Interesting. His jersey is at least six years old. I think it's time for a new jersey eventually. But, uh, dude, I can't wait. I, I know. UC brought out their official free agency, one of their free agency predictions of who gets cut, who doesn't get cut. Um, the Rams had an interesting list. Michael Brockers was one of them. Gets cut? Yeah, he gets cut. That's interesting. I need to look at this list. I haven't seen it yet. I got you. Give me a second. I will... Yeah, all 32 potential cuts. Yeah, I got it up right now. So, yeah, the Rams are predicted to... are. These are all predictions. Let's understand this here. These are all yeah. predictions... And these are not confirmed in any particular way, shape, or form. Where are the Rams? Can't find them. Why can't I find them? There they are. Michael Brockers, Rob Havenstein, and Austin Corbett. Eh. Brockers, Havenstein, Corbett. I heard this earlier today, actually. I saw that Havenstein was being made available for trade, apparently. I wouldn't mind that. I don't think it's official yet, obviously. I'll but... trade you Brandon Shell for him. He's a very good right tackle. David Stein is a very good right tackle. They're both really good. Yeah. I, I don't think I would mind seeing him go, but I wouldn't He's hate to keep him. A lot of money, though. A lot yeah, of money. That's true. The contract was pretty big. And Brockers, you had to pay. You had to pay him because the Ravens couldn't, couldn't take him, if I'm not mistaken. And then – it was a failed physical. It was a failed physical that you brought him back. Yeah. But for the Seahawks, it's interesting. So on this list, Carl Stumlap, <coughs> allergies, Jesus. Carl Stumlap, Tyra Lockett, Jaron Reed, Quandra Diggs, and Brandon Shell. I think they all restructured their deals. Okay. I think you have to, especially Russ. Now, I don't, list, I don't know if Ryan has told you about my distaste for Pete Carroll, or have you, have you seen? I, I've seen Pete Carroll do <laughs> Pete Carroll things before. 
Yeah, you've seen. Which has his his interesting little challenge on in the playoff game. I forget. Like, I'm pretty sure it was. Let's understand who Jack is as a as a sports fan. Jack is a Los Angeles Rams fan till the day he dies. For sure. And you're a USC fan, right? UFC. USC, like Southern California. Oh, I don't watch college football watch or college sports. Football? No, I, I know that's a shame. Who am I thinking USC? Am I thinking Graham by accident? I hope you're not thinking Graham. I hope I'm not. Get that <laughs> that's my not head. me, though. I don't watch USC. I don't watch okay, college. Okay, good, good. All right, because I'm Penn State. But regardless, uh, you see me rant and rant and rant about Pete Carroll up the wazoo. I want to get your thoughts on good old Pete. I feel like you have a field day with this. I w- I would have a field day with it. I'm trying to remember specifically what the play was, but I know it was like in the playoff game that happened this past year. Um, I just know it was a completely stupid challenge. Like it, it was so obviously wrong, and he did it anyway. And everybody on the app was just like, "What the hell is this guy doing?" And there's numbnuts who think he's a good coach. I wouldn't say he's a bad coach. He's not a bad coach. He's a good coach. He's not a great coach. He's just there. He seems to kind of like burn out, I guess, is the yeah. word I'm thinking of. Like when it comes playoff time, it feels like that's the whole thing with the Seahawks is they just kind of burn out. Like they look so dominant. They look so strong. Yeah. During the regular season. They were yeah. like the Dodgers from a few years ago. Yeah. They, they were like such a strong team in the regular season. And then the playoffs come and they just burn out. So even during their two Super Bowl runs, I mean, you saw like even the playoffs. I mean, they had that. They had the good first playoff games against the Saints and Panthers. And then mm-hmm. even in the NFC Championship games, they just they couldn't get going until the fourth quarter. Or even in overtime, they couldn't get going. And I don't know if that's just a Pete Carroll thing, or, but I have been calling since the birth of this podcast, even since the birth of the, of the first show, the sports game, I have been calling for Pete Carroll's head for so damn long. And rightfully mm-hmm. so. Not just for handcuffing Russell Wilson, oh, rightfully so, but not only just for handcuffing Russell Wilson, but he's also the president of football operations. Every single decision goes through him. Not Josh Schneider. Goes through him. Hmm. Goes through Pete. So the debacles of the Jimmy Graham trade, now those are, it was an okay trade at first or, or the last year of his deal with the Seattle Seahawks. But it's the personnel decisions I have a problem with. Yeah. It's a per, it's the personnel moves I have a serious effing problem with. And I'm yeah. I'm not typical guy on Seahawk Twitter that's gonna be like, oh, Pete Carroll's a good coach, a great coach. He's the best coach I've ever had. So what? Mike Holger was the same thing. He was the same damn thing. But it's just it's 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 weird. I mean, like, yeah, Pete Carroll did give you guys a ring within the past decade, but this is a what have you done for me lately kind of league. Exactly. And, Thank like, you. Thank you. <laughs> Finally. What has he done? What has he done lately? What has he done? Lose to a QB with four fingers. Barely lost to Josh McCown. God. Lost to Colt McCoy and the Giants. Oh, 
God, we don't talk about that. <laughs> we don't talk about that. I'm just kidding. As a New York Well, writer, it happened though. It's relevant. It it's like that's that's the thing. They're they're a great team. I'm not denying that. They're a great team, and I think they'll what I said on the sport on the sports desk about them being a four seed in the NFC West. Subject to change, I think they're still gonna be a good team, but question marks up the wazoo. Unless if you somehow win the offseason with great free agency signings. I'm talking like rebuild the line with like a Brandon Sheriff or a Lane or a Lane Taylor. Bring back Ethan Posick, who was a really good center for the team last year. He was awesome. He was good. He was awesome. He really was. That was that's his natural position at, at center. And he ruined his first three years of his career by playing him at guard. He's a natural center. You know, Dwayne Brown has shown at 30, despite being 35, has shown to be a really good left tackle in this league. Still. But you still need that one piece on the offensive line, whether that's at right tackle or the left guard. But Brandon Shaw has shown when he's healthy to be a very good right tackle. You need, as a a fan of a team who's gone to, who's had a really deep Super Bowl run because of the offensive line, I would say, is a big piece why. Yes. You you, you want your offensive line to be like healthy all year long. I think that's a big thing. And I don't think Seattle's the, I don't know how they've done in terms of that, like keeping everybody healthy. Well, Damian Lewis has shown to be a really good – I think he was at one point on Pro Football Focus the best rookie offense, the best rookie offensive lineman in a long damn time. Mm-hmm. And he just can't pass protect for shit. He's Mike Upati, if you want to put that an example. He's a younger Mike Upati. But even on defense, I still think – okay, Jamal Adams – I could go on all day about Jamal Adams. Oh, I know you can. I know you can, my friend. And I, and so can I, because I myself am part-time Jet fan. So, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the disgruntled face that I am. But it's an inter- it's, I'm not ruling out the possibility of it being a, a bad trade. Because mm-hmm. if you want to look at his numbers, he's really good in terms of getting in the backfield. He's unreal. And then you get to the coverage. So if he if he consider a position change, maybe to free safety or a linebacker? To linebacker. Because he, he, he he's he's not bad when it turn when it comes to rushing the passer. But it's I just would... that he, he wants to do that so much, it feels like. I but, then he drops back in the coverage. Go ahead. Sorry. So I would not be opposed to that, actually. Now that you bring that up, I've I'm not opposed to that because there's their secondary depth is actually pretty good. Because mm-hmm. their corners, barring free agent returns, are going to be Shaquille Griffin, DJ Reed on on outside, Hugo Amadi on the inside, and then their safeties are probably going to be. Marquise Blair at strong safety and Quandre Diggs at free safety with Trey Flowers being the, uh, the fourth corner and Ryan Neal being a third, being the third safety. And then you also got the, you know, Hugo Mati who can also play safety as well. So they're not terrible. 
in terms of depth. But I would not mind Jamal Adams playing linebacker because if you look at Cam Chancellor's career, he's virtually a linebacker who played safety. Yeah. So I would not be opposed to that. But at the same time, pass rusher money. Yeah. Problem. Problem. I can, I can see where you're going with that. It's just like when you look at his performance on the field, like what has he done in like like what has he done rushing the passer versus playing in coverage? Rushing the passer, he's one of the better like in terms of getting after the quarterback. He's one of the better players in the league. Yeah. But in terms of coverage, I mean, if Ryan Leaf are still playing in this league, he could throw 500 yards on Jamal Adams. That's how bad of a coverage guy he is. I don't know who I said on the sports desk. I don't know who I said. I don't remember. I don't remember who I – I think it was Ryan Leaf or it was uh, – It was a while ago. It was oh, it was last week. I can't remember. Yeah, but, last Friday. Oh. But that's how bad he is in terms of coverage. So even if he gets slightly better in terms of coverage or even like half as better in terms of coverage, he's Cam Chancellor. He's a faster Cam Chancellor. I get it. That's not a crazy thing to say. Yeah. And their safeties are not bad. No. Seattle has really good safeties. No, they have good safeties. I mean, Ryan Neal, when Jamal was out for a few games, Ryan Neal has shown to be a good player. Marquise Blair, their second-round pick out of Utah, has shown to be a good player. Quandre Diggs, five interceptions last year, pro bowler. Good player. It's just... There's a couple things I would do. I would seriously consider a change of D coordinator. I mean, you have to. Yeah. You have to. They, they made a good decision with the offensive coordinator, too, by the way. I know we're talking yeah, defense, Sh- but... Yeah, Shane Waldron, how is he? He's really good. He's, he's like a pass game. I think he was the pass game coordinator. And then someone else was the run game. They split... They, they basically did that for like a year or two. Yeah, I think. Uh, before they hired Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, which is which is a good hire for you guys. I, Kevin O'Connell is still, yeah. still there, right? He is still. They actually, uh, Brandon Staley was going to take him away, and the Rams said no, which, thank <laughs> God. L- losing, so. losing Staley caused me physical pain. I'll put yeah, it that way. That hurts. Not literally, but like, you know what I mean? Like that was, that was a painful, painful loss. Yeah. And to the Chargers of all teams. Andy Dickerson is the also the run game coordinator, by the way, for the Seahawks. Okay. Which is not terrible. Him him and Shane Waldron together, I feel like that's a pretty good duo. Oh, that'll be good. That'll be good. I'm not denying. Because wasn't Seattle in 2019, they were like a run team, like crazy. Like they were yeah. like I remember the Sunday night game they had against the Rams. It was just run, 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 like all game long. So it was not even. It was 2018. They had the number one rushing attack in football. But at the was same it 2018? Time, it was 2018. Chris Carson. No, 2019. Carson. Oh, it was a Thursday night game against the Rams. I remember what you're talking about. I'm trying to. I'm trying to talk. Think about that one game. It was like a Sunday night. The Rams won, but like Seattle was just constantly rushing the ball. Yeah, that was. Might have been 2018, hurt. the week before the Chiefs game. That was when Petty got hurt. I don't remember. 
I know what you're talking about. I know you're, I know what you're talking about. Go for it. But um, it wasn't it wasn't 2019. It was 2018 where the Ram, where the Rams were. No, it was 2019. You're right. But it was a Thursday night game where the Hawks were just running the ball like absolutely effing crazy. And I think they had like 250 yards rushing in that game. They really kind of did like both games that year. Yeah, they I did. Just rem- I just remember about 2019. It was all about the run. Yeah. But I, I think you – in terms of free agents, I think Carson leaves. Okay. I think you have to. Because Maybe Malcolm Brown comes over to Seattle. Who knows? Not even that. I, I think they like Travis Homer. I think they like DJ Dallas. I think they like Rashad Penny. But even then, Carson was your offense. Yeah. When Carson was hurt, their offense went to shit. Their offense went to shit. I even saw it in that game against Buffalo. They couldn't do anything until the until the final 20 minutes. They couldn't do shit. I'm torn whether to bring back Carson or to bring back Shaquille because Shaq is going to command a lot of money. Mm-hmm. He's a really good corner. He doesn't put up the numbers as supposed to like, you know, Marcus Peters or, J- or Jalen Ramsey. He doesn't put up those numbers, but he doesn't get the interceptions. But in terms of, you know, pass coverage, he's one of the better corners that you'll find on the market. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna get 16, 17 million a year. I think that. And even the linebackers, I mean Leonard Floyd was a really good free agent for you guys. Oh god, I don't want him to go. I, I really know. don't want him to go. And it was, it was, it was like a deal, right? Huh? It's a three year deal, right? For the Rams? With Leonard Floyd? No, that's you're thinking Barker's. Oh, no, I'm thinking Floyd. Floyd, Floyd was, was on a one-year – he's a free agent now. He's a free agent? Yeah. Shit. Yeah, he, you can't let him go. Yeah, we cannot let him go. You I would – like, I just remember seeing, like, everyone was talking about, how, oh, he's nothing. He was on the – he was being washed up on the Bears. He's not really going to do anything on the Rams now. What? That defense was made for him. I know. Like, and to see him in the playoff game when Aaron Donald was out most of the second half, and the dude just crushed. I think he sacked Wilson a couple times. Yeah. He had seven sacks in three games against the Seahawks. Salty Bears fans. It was mostly it was mostly them, but they were, a lot of them were saying like, <laughs> right a there. lot of them were talking about how oh, Aaron Donald opens up the offense for him. It's not even that. He was off the field and okay. Leonard Floyd was still kicking your ass. Super Bowl run. Okay, your Super Bowl run. When Nadamikin Sue and Dante Far were on that same team. Yeah. Okay. And Samson Ebucom was not a bad pass rusher himself. That defense alone got you to the Super Bowl. You do not get to the Super Bowl without that defense playing the way that they did. No. Like, the, like everyone's going to talk about the offense, sure, but th- that defense was elite in 2018. Your defense was amazing that year. You had, And I, I picked you to win the Super Bowl against the Patriots because you could get to Brady. And Wade Phillips screamed get to Tom Brady. He did it with the Broncos several times. I think something people overlook in that game is the fact that the Rams defense did not have a bad game. No, like, like 
holding like holding the like if you ignore the the fact that the Rams only scored three points, holding the Patriots to thirteen points is is no small feat. No, with, with the Tom Brady Bill Belichick system that existed back That's then, no small feat. People will say, "Oh, Belichick pulled a great defensive game." But pull if you actually first of all no that was Brian Flores. Thank you. If you actually watched, but not even that. If you watched the film, you actually watched the film. What went wrong for the Rams? Does I had high hopes on you guys for dethroning the Patriots? I had high hopes. What happened? Defense just or the offense just got completely stunned. Brian Flores called a great game. Yep. Yep, and he they just they, they couldn't figure it out. Sean yep. McVay, Sean McVay literally said after the game he got out coached. He had yep. no answers. Yep, but it's it's crazy that it's. I just find it crazy when you look at oh Bill Belichick called a great game. Brian Flores called a great game. Man, the Rams' offense got stuffed. They couldn't do anything. One of the highest scoring teams in NFL history. Three points. Three points. Pain. Pain. Unbelievable pain. Unreal pain. Unreal pain. It was. It was like I. I like woke up the next morning and was like, I seriously still cannot believe that this offense that's been so dominant all season long. They put up fifty four against the Chiefs. They made the only team that ever scored fifty one points in the in an NFL game ever lose. And. And and then they go they go all the way to the Super Bowl and they only score a fucking field goal. Okay, which brings me to San Francisco. I even think San Francisco blew that game to the Chiefs. Yes, absolutely, they absolutely did. People will credit Patrick Mahomes like he's the next Joe Montana, but if you actually watch the game, San Francisco had that game won. Yeah, I literally went on to you stadium. I literally made a comment. I I just made a post. The Chiefs are blowing this game. Yep. And even even in this past Super Bowl, the Chiefs. I I thought that game was over by the second quarter. Yeah, that game was over there by was, the second quarter. There was there was what were they? It's weird. It's so weird how this Super Bowl just completely changes teams sometimes. It's not even that. It's not even. It's, it's also the Chiefs are a one-dimensional offense, and no one pays attention to that. They are a one-dimensional three-play offense. No one pays attention to that. And if you actually look at the film, Patrick Mahomes, what does he do more than any quarterback in football? Run. He retreats. Yep, he runs and retreats. Drops back. Drops back. Farther and deeper than the Grand Canyon, which I played lineman. I played offensive lineman. I was a, I was I was an offensive lineman in high school. Now this doesn't mean much, but but still, as a quarterback, your job is to stay in that pocket. You have to be in that pocket. If you're retreating 10, 15 yards back, it puts more pressure on the offensive lineman to retreat, which they're over 300-pound fat guys. You expect this 300-pound fat guy to retreat? Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen, son. Ain't going to happen. And those defensive linemen are athletic freaks. They're Especially insane. guys like Nadabik and Sue, who's been playing this week for a long time. Vita Vea, 350, athletic freak. 
Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, we know what they're capable of. Devin White, Levante David, we know what they're capable of. Do you think that defenses are going to start to figure out the Chiefs and be like, hey, Patrick Mahomes is his biggest weakness, his own weakness? It's weird. I, I, I don't I – don't, in that Super Bowl, it really felt like Patrick Mahomes wasn't being, like, creative. And what I mean by that is, like, whenever he dropped back, he just – that's all he did was drop back. He didn't try to scramble. He didn't try to run for a first down. No. He barely tried that kind of stuff that we're used to him doing. He wasn't really, like, trying to shake guys off. And whenever he did, he was always staying in the back. Like, just run. Like, I can't – I can't count the amount of times I was watching his plays and going, just run the ball. Like, yep. stop standing there and trying to wait for somebody to come open. You're yep. getting chased by guys like Shaq Barrett, like JPP. Run the football. Run. Run your ass off. Thank Create you. something out of nothing. Like, do – like – You're just, you're just dropping back for all of eternity. You're gonna you're either gonna get sacked or you're gonna throw it incomplete, or you're gonna get picked. But no no way any of that works out unless it's like a miracle play, which one of them almost was. Yeah. But you look at these schmucks at ESPN and you know Fox Sports and even our own guys at U Stadium. They're just like, oh, Patrick Mahomes played a great game. He just. The team just couldn't, the rest of the team just couldn't do anything. Bullshit. Bullshit. He retreated. He ran a grand total of nearly 500 yards. Scrambling. Okay, what are you, Michael Vick? Bad joke. Really bad joke. Cordell Stewart, better reference. Even that's not that bad. Even that's not good. But... You got these people that are praising Mahomes for doing the same shit. And Brett Coleman, who I'm sure you watch on YouTube for his film study, great film guy. Uh, for those out there who are wondering who he is, uh, phenomenal film expert. He even said, if the Chiefs lose, it's going to be on Mahomes because he does the same shit over and over and over and over again. He retreats. He wants the big play. Yeah, I'm not saying it's on Andy Reid, but like, I mean, even then, you need it's all coaching. What they need is a quick offense. Like, like they need what the Sean McVay offense was their first two years: quick play action, run, 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 run. They need that. They need that kind of offense. They're getting. Uh... What's his name? I, he hasn't played in so long. I forgot his name. Damian Williams, right? Yeah, Damian Williams again. I, I think they. I think they said he's coming back next year. I hope so because he's really good. Yeah, never, I mean, I, 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 I don't think Edwards Hilaire was bad, but I think Damian Williams was. Damian just, Williams he, was an offense. He was on another level last year. Yeah, he was on another fucking level. And but, yeah. It's, but they're going to have a lot of problems if Mahomes doesn't fix that issue and fast and fast. And like we've seen it before out of him. It's just, we need to see it a little bit more. Like if you're going to stand in the pocket forever, at least make something happen. Thank you. Thank don't, you. Don't, don't be like Jared Goff and be a statue or Russell Wilson and hold the ball on for five fucking seconds. 
the the difference I think though was that Russ is really good at escapability. Yeah, he's like, like I've because like we like we I've seen him time and time again because the Rams have always had guys like Aaron Donald Brockers for the last couple of years, and they these are some of the most elite block or elite pass rushers in the league, and they can't sack Russell Wilson. They barely can. Like they they do, but like not as often as you would expect. Because Russ just gets out. Dude just runs like crazy. Crazy shit. All right, my man. Thank you so much for coming on. I will be sure to definitely have you on. God knows when, but... We'll figure it out at some point. Well, yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely get you on. And even we'll get you and Ryan on at the same time. If we could get this shit to work out and yeah, scheduling and shit. Oh, that'd be a lot of fun, man. All right. Let's transition to the next segment real quick, guys. What's up, guys? Thanks to our friends at U Stadium for supporting this podcast. You like sports and debates? Oh, we know you do. Don't lie to us. Download the free U Stadium app today and talk all sorts of things sports and even earn some great prizes. Debate with all kinds of fans from the NFL to the NHL, even UFC and many more. Download U Stadium on Apple and Google today. It's time to BS. Oh. <laughs> I'm to BS podcast. <laughs> oh, that's that's good. Oh, man. That, that's good. <laughs> A U Stadium podcast. One. John's back for the second segment. Second of three. Uh, this time, no bathrobe. <laughs> but I am in my Islander jersey because um, I will be doing two play-by-play game Islander games. Uh, one tonight as we're recording this and the second one on Saturday. Uh, two days later, as this is being posted. So, yay. Hockey. Always a good time for hockey. Always a good time. But, uh, John, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Can't complain? Not at all. Can't complain, my friend. There's no whiskey in this. There is just water. I'm going to go get my snacks. Remember the munchies? Uh, i my snacks. I don't think it's a good idea to put those on YouTube. <laughs> no, they're actual Sour Patch Kids. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> um, maybe. Oh, for the love of God. <laughs> Yeah, no. Oh, man. All right. Thank God this is also audio form, so. For those of you who know what John is doing, you get the joke. For those of you who do not know, look it up. <laughs> <laughs> we have fun. We have fun. We have fun. Around That's here. the way. It's the best thing to do when snowed in. I mean, I wouldn't know because I don't do that stuff, but. I don't, but... Yeah, but if you do, it's probably... 
the perfect time to do it because you have no responsibilities. I have uh, I have other ways of, of uh, occupying my time, like oh. shit posting, Xbox, yeah, GameCube and shit like that. I mean, I have I have ways to occupy. Oh, I played a lot of Xbox today. Yeah, you and me both. I played too much Spyro. Yeah, yeah. For anyone listening, buy Control. It's the best game ever made. <laughs> I'm out of experience with it right now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go, my Especially friend. if you enjoy certain products. There you go. It's a great, it's great, it goes great with it. Uh, what's new, my friend? What is new? What is new? Not a whole lot, but besides a, a, a Carson Wentz trade that happened. Hey, great deal for the Eagles. Oh my, great deal for the Colts. The Eagles, because they unloaded that contract. Did you see the dead cat? Oh. $30 million. I think it was like $33.8 in dead cap. It's over. Crazy. Yeah, we know who's going to have the number one overall pick in a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. No way they don't. Yeah. That's true. And the, you know, the Colts are taking a risk on Vince because they, if he continues his um, current form, he's going to still be a bad contract for the Colts, and then they'll have to find a way to get rid of him with even less value than he had in Philly. That's a fair point, but... Because I don't know if he can be resurrected. He had a I lot don't of know. Injuries. I mean, you have a very good offensive line in the, in the Colts. You got great weapons in, in Indianapolis. But look, if there's a team where he could do it, it would be there. It'd be the Colts, yeah. It'd be the Colts. Yeah, because they're the most ready to contend of any yeah. suitor. I mean, that division's are, that division is top heavy to say the least. I yeah. mean, like Tennessee is just there. Tennessee's just there. Yep. But Indianapolis should be able to win that division every year, but Tennessee will give them a fight every now and then. Oh yeah. Absolutely. It's going to go down to whoever wins those divisional matchups. But if Jacksonville gets good under Trevor Lawrence quickly, it'll be an interesting division. Yeah, true. Who knows now the Texans the- are always going to be a doormat for a bit. Yeah, the, I mean, if they trade Watson. Even if they don't trade him, he might pull a Carson Palmer. Yeah, it's a fair point. That's a fair point. Carson Palmer, by the way, for those who do not know, it was a 2011. They traded yeah. him. Yeah. But he sat like the first like eight games, just didn't play before they trade him at the trade deadline to the Raiders. Yeah, that's true. Because he told the Bengals that he was going to refuse to play for them anymore because he was sick of the team. Their fault. Their fault. Yep. 100% their fault. 
<laughs> yeah, because that was like in the peak of the uh, Marvin Lewis years. What a dipshit. <laughs> what a dipshit. No, blame the guys who kept him employed for so long. Don't blame him. We had a Bengals fan on here, uh, Jimmy. We did a show with him once. And he says the Bengals will only be better when Mike Brown dies. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. The question is when. Because I'm feeling, watch him keep this coach forever now, too. Zach Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if they do. I would not be shocked either. I would not be shocked if they keep for 20 years. Yeah, have him luck into the playoffs a few times with an easy schedule and zero playoff wins. Your text. Sorry, my friends are texting me like dipshits. <laughs> You're good. Speaking of, um, volume 15 of BS Sessions will feature two former co hosts of Time to BS Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, two old friends uh, stopped by for BS Sessions, volume 15. Volume 14 will be recorded. In the near future, Volume 13 featuring Hong Lam of the Finding Months podcast is up. You can check that out wherever on Spotify, wherever you get our wherever you get our shows. But um, Will and Dave, uh, two old friends of mine, will be joining the show for BS Sessions Volume 15, and we'll talk all sorts of bullshit as per usual, because that's what we do. We like to have fun. And Will is a demonic Jet fan. <laughs> so, there's that. Yeah. They're going to unload his hatred. <laughs> if you're a Jet fan, you have every right to unload hatred. Yeah, I would be too. Yeah, because think Absolutely. of what that organization has done in the last 10 years. That's a fair reservation. They had an embarrassing decade. That's true. That's true. Uh, but one more to one more to talk about. Oh yeah, that's right. NBA bullshit. Um yeah. Who's the idiot that decided to... So, Blake Griffin is sitting out, and not by his choice. Yes, the the Pistons are going to trade him. Or buy him out. Or probably buy him out, because no one's taking that deal. Yeah, unless it's for another bad contract. Which, you brought up a good point. Al Horford's (laughs) on the... Thunder. He's on the Thunder now, right? He is? Yes. I lost track. Yeah, the Sixers moved them like to the Thunder. Right, I'm not sure it wouldn't be a bad deal when you think about Al Horf- it. Yeah, but yeah, because the old the thing is Al Horford has one more year on his contract, but he currently is playing better than Blake Griffin. Yeah, that's a problem. However, the Thunder want to shed his salary because they're rebuilding anyways. So then they'll have salary cap room sooner. 
That's a problem. How many the Pistons would probably still have to give up a second round pick or something to pull off that deal? Oh, probably. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, they are going to have to buy him out. Yeah. Or watch Blake Griffin get traded to the Knicks. <laughs> now, I heard the Knicks could be going for Andre Drummond. I heard they could actually be going for Mo Bamba for the Magic. Hmm. Which is not They're bad. looking to move him? Yeah, the Magic are looking to move him. Wasn't he a first-round pick? Like a top-ten pick? Yeah, was, I think he was like a fifth overall pick in 18, I'd like to Why say. Why would they move him? They're not bad. I mean, they could be. Yeah, there he... He honestly just has never really developed any sort of offensive game. He was a Texas guy, right? Yeah. That's why I remember him. Yeah, he hasn't developed any sort of offensive game. Oof. You know what's a good team? The fucking Suns. Chris Paul. Anywhere he goes, he'll make them good. Anywhere he goes, except for the Hornets. (laughs) (laughs) But that look, that was a hope that was a hopeless situation. It was just bad. Keep in mind, didn't the NBA own the team at one point? Yeah. Yeah, they blocked the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers. Because oh. David Stern interfered more than any commissioner in any sports that he ever did. It's a fair observation. You ever hear that story of the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers that got blocked? Really? Yeah. Huh. When was this? It was when the, it was when he was leaving the Hornets. I think it was 2011. The Lakers attempted to trade him for trade Pau Gasol and Andrew Bynum for Chris Paul, and David Stern vetoed the trade because Why? the NBA owned the Hornets at the time, and he thought it wasn't a good trade. He rigged the when so they, there could have been an opportunity to pair Kobe Bryant with Chris Paul. That would have been awesome. I don't remember this. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. By the way, before uh, before we uh, end the segment in a little bit, I want to say thank you. Um, no, not thank you, but uh, welcome to the Unhinged Brethren, the Society of Scoundrels. Uh, another member of the Unhinged Brethren joining us, and a member of uh, anyone who likes to talk bullshit is a friend of ours. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, what's new in the hockey front, my friend? What's new in the hockey front? Alex Gachenyuk got traded again. Yeah. Honestly, I saw that coming. But could have been more. Yeah. Chicago is now in second place in the Central Division. Don't get it. What is going on with the Blackhawks? Who's their goalie even right now? I can tell you in a few seconds. Uh, wait a minute. There we go. Uh, Corey uh, Lankinen. Hmm? Uh, Kevin Lankinen. Oh, for the love of God. Stop calling me. <laughs> 
for and Malcolm Malcolm Subban and Connor Delia. What kind of tandem is that? Yeesh. How is that in second place? In the central. Christ. Yeah, who's getting the majority of the starts? Patrick. Uh, Patrick Kane is scoring points like crazy. He's got 23. Yeah, the, I always thought the Hawks had no depth. Uh, Alex Dobrink is not bad. Kubalik isn't bad. Sutter isn't bad. It's not bad. I mean, they're not terrible. But, like, I don't think they're... Not in the central. This is subject to change. Let's be clear here. This is subject to change. Yeah. So... And- yeah, keep in mind, this is a shortened season, so it's, things are starting to become more and more in place. Toronto, 26 points. What the fuck? You know, t- I think it's so funny how every year Toronto fans have such high expectations, and every year they're going to get let down. Thus is the life of a Leafs fan. Yeah. At least they will not know years upon years of endless disappointment and struggle like they start yeah. to be. People say, oh, you're an Islander fan. You had great success. Like, fuck you. No, it was before you were like, born. Fuck you. In your lifetime, the I what have the Islanders done? That's what you got to think. Yeah. You've seen some teams. Oh, man. The 08 team. It was just bad. Doug Wade's lone year as a full-time head coach. Oh, yeah, that was bad. That was just bad. I mean, they scored a ton of goals, but it was just like, the fuck? There was no defense being played at all. None. They were, like, to me, that was, like, an all-time low. Like, I saw, like, when I, like, saw them, like, how that we were playing, I'm like, this is not going to work. Yeah. And sure enough, it did not work. And then Lou comes in. Clean sweep. Yeah. Clean fucking sweep. Yeah, he probably looked at what he had and was like, what the fuck? I think I, I remember how Wait and Snow got fired. I remember how they got fired. And it was actually in Buffalo for one of the draft uh, situ- for one of the draft camps or whatever. And Lou just saw how they were running it. And he was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. <laughs> and then, sure enough, I think it was a week later, the capital, uh, Barry Tross is available. Yeah, think about how many years they allowed Garth Snow to run it, though. What a disaster. That I guy will never get over it. that. 
I will never get over how Garth Snow managed to oh, just completely fuck over this team. He accomplished literally nothing. People say, oh, he won a playoff series for the first time in 23 years. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. One thing. And the fact that it's the first time in 23 years that he was the GM of many of those years mm-hmm. tells you everything else. It's just bad. It's just colossally bad. Unbelievable. Really, really At least the Knicks fired their bad GMs fast. And because it's basketball, they they fire GMs and coaches with the snap of a finger. Yeah. Hockey's different. I mean, hockey, you're, you win some playoff games or... Unless you're from, like, probably 07 all the way to, like, 11 Islanders when they hired Capuano. Which reminds me, Capuano was not the worst coach in the face of the play. He was just incompetent. See, I just think he wasn't really driven to win. He wasn't really a competitive person. Yeah. The committee, like, just didn't have the mentality of, like, a coach of, say, like, a first-place team has. Yeah, fair point. Like, his press conferences were just kind of, like, mellow. Yeah. True. What do you think of this fan control football? What do you think of this? I think it's just going to be another gimmick that will fade in and fade out. I mean, it's like, what, five-man football? Yeah. It's not terrible. You know, we always see, like, these things coming and they go. Yeah. In the XFL. I mean, they did the right thing by getting Johnny Manziel in there. That's star power immediately. Not saying a whole lot, but... Yeah, like, at this point, Johnny Manziel is just a widely regarded show. I mean, crackhead and everything. Yeah. He was probably the big most... Yeah, he, like, probably was one of the worst human beings that ever come to the NFL. What a piece of shit. Like, that says a lot. Just like Tinder, my friend. They're all pieces of shit. Yeah. All whores and OnlyFans whores. Yeah. You Meanwhile, gotta be you get some ladies. Meanwhile, you get some ladies who are just like, hey, they're all right. Yeah, you gotta be careful with those girls on Tinder, man. Fuck Tinder. I mean, that, yeah, because I, like, one time I had that shit happen and I started feeling it. Yeah. What's the worst? It cost me $70. <clears throat> What'd you do? Uh, oh, you bought premium, the... did you? No. Worse. I had to go to the Norman Health Department. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Good job. I need the antibiotic. <laughs> At least you're honest. <laughs> it was a cam girl. I'll give you that. You're honest about that. It was a cam girl that lived in Oklahoma City. Oh, for the love of God, they're the fucking worst. Yeah. Cam girls are the worst. They're all the same shit. Yeah, well, I think I learned my lesson. Yeah. 
No shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Dipshit. <laughs> How drunk were you, first of all? Oh, I wasn't drunk. Oh, okay. How high were you? I was, um, I was on Molly. Of course. <laughs> I'm, that'd, be, that'd be probably the only... Uh... I, I I think at that point I was on like a mission and I already met her like somewhere else so I just hit her up and like somehow just be like I'm going to get this girl tonight <laughs> even if it cost me my dignity <laughs> yeah I went on a mission and the mission ended up you know resulting in you know sometimes you go on a mission and it goes good sometimes you go on a mission and you get gonorrhea you're such a fucking stunad <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that should, really like that should be like a quote. That should be like a quote. Like, put that like Sometimes great, so. you just gotta do this shit. Uh, All dating starts with the same shit. It really is. Like, honestly, it's like you really, none of them really bob on and get to know you. They all just want to fuck. I just want to fuck. I hate it. Really hate Actually, no, what they I want you to do is they want you to, like, they want you to, like, buy them dinner at, like, some nice place in return for fucking, it's essentially prostitution. Like, when you really think about it. Yeah. Because you probably never get a, had any time with a girl where you didn't have to spend money in some sort of way. Like, if it's, like, the first time meeting her. Yeah. That sucks. I think it's, like, just full of opportunists. Opportunists galore, trying to get into your pocket, trying to get into your pockets. I almost said pocket. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, the worst was the worst was one time I was on Tinder. I got matched. It turned out was a um, a lesbian who wanted me to impregnate her, but then have nothing to do with the baby ever again. For those who are watching on YouTube, you can see my face right now. <laughs> For those who are listening, I'm giving a, dis- a disturbed scowl of just and a rather concerned, huh? I did not do it. Good God, I hope you didn't. I unmatched so fast. (laughs) I just said, I just texted her (laughs) hi, and I got the weirdest message of my life. I have, speaking of, before we end the segment, I have a great story to tell you. So I actually had a very similar situation happen to me uh, months ago, believe it or not. And it was around Christmas time. And oh god don't tell me you did it and I did not good but um what's it say um there was this individual who I matched with I, com- I completely forget where which says a lot but um you know, we talked, we FaceTimed and crap, and then we eventually talked on Facebook. Which really cool. You know, I was like, oh, that's cool. 
and um, uh, I lost track of the story. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, we FaceTimed and everything. And this individual, um, devoted Christian lady, or Catholic lady or some shit, and what's crazy about it is that she is a firm believer of the L. She's half trans some shit. What? Now let's understand this here. Oh. The Christian community... How is this individual a devoted believer in God? Who then offers a God-given body. Someone who is basically trans. I did not know this. I was I, I don't I don't judge. I don't judge people at all. This is not no, like there's so many like denominations of Christianity, man. Maybe it's like some like you know gay friendly like Christy Christian denomination. But still, let me understand. Like, who knows? Because, like, a church is a church. So, like, who knows, like, what church he belongs to? Exactly. But here's the point I'm trying to make here. This individual wanted me, had a pregnancy finish. What? You heard me. (laughs) Now, there's nothing really. Well, you told me earlier, reminded me about about that. that. What's up? There's nothing biblical about that. That just doesn't make any sense. The world makes no sense. Yeah, no shit on that one. <laughs> yeah, no like I was like on that. You should have seen the look on my face when I got that text. Oh, man. You don't even want to know like what else I was like. I it was like a not. mix of like just shock and like disgust and like just confused. You know, confusion like thinking about my life choices <laughs> thinking about my life in general <laughs> yeah like what got me to this point that i'm having something <laughs> like this? it's like you know that stupid <laughs> meme where like the record scratch is like yeah that's me you're probably wondering how i got yeah. myself in this situation by now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like what am i doing that my life is like this <laughs> what do i do here what do i do like you end up in like you're just what so, are you doing like, in this situation here? You're so like concerned and appalled. <laughs> so concerned here. Generally concerned. Yeah. Just like, eh. Honking on the horn, I see your car alarm is going off. I was like, no. what's what noise is that? Some car hopping going on. Oh no, I have no idea. That's the funny part. Wait, does that happen at your apartment complex? Not really. Not a whole because lot. In mine in Oklahoma, I had car hopping constantly. Jesus. Isn't that an Oklahoma thing in general? What? Yeah, like you always want to lock your door because like things would get stolen all the time. Somebody stole somebody stole a like a, some like sculpture that was in like my apartment's lobby. What for? I don't know. Maybe they just decided to steal it. But how do you get a pregnancy fetish one? How does that happen? How does that work? I don't know, man. How does that shit work? I'm not saying I would do it, but just like... You have like a fetish for having kids or like... 
I don't know. Like, mine wasn't like a pregnancy fetish. Mine, like, legit wanted a baby. Was this individual mentally disabled? I don't mentally, you know. No, it was a lesbian. She said she was a lesbian. She mentally disabled. That's harsh. My bad. I meant mentally ill. There we go. That's better. Still. Um, I have no idea. All I know is that I, you know, got out of that shit so fast. Yeah, that shit quickly. Rightfully so, my friend. Rightfully yeah. so. You bolt like Usain Bolt. <laughs> Rightfully so. Rightfully yeah. so. All right, man. Let's transition to the next segment featuring Jim from the J Dash Warning Show. What's up, guys? It's Dan from Time to BS Podcast. Are you looking to get your team's favorite gear at the best prices out there? Look no further than Fanatics.com. There's always some great deals at Fanatics. Every league, every team at the best prices. Get your fan on at Fanatics.com. It's time to BS. First of all, no one would want to see me regardless. (laughs) A U Stadium Podcast. As promised in the last segment, um, Jim from the Jane Ash Morning Show and the creator of the Unhinged Sports Network joins us here on Time to BS Podcast. Yeah, I am. So, how you doing, man? How you been? How you doing? Uh, it's well, it's Friday for when this show's out. Yeah. It's Thursday night, and I wish I was Fernando Tatis right now, but yeah, <laughs> um, but I'm doing good. I'm just doing some editing for my show and some editing on the network itself. So I'm I'm staying busy right now. Do you think the, Do you think the Padres will eventually regret that deal, like the Mets or Bobby Benil? Yes. Oh uh, yeah. When your whole infield is a total of $812 million, you have uh, just completely just surpassed the Yankees and the Red Sox uh, total payroll combined. And no matter how much money they have, the Padres are spending, they're not better than the Dodgers. The Dodgers are no. going to win the division no matter what. And it's it's intriguing, but I, for me, honestly, I think the Padres are saying we're, going, we're here to win. We're trying to win, but – it's yeah, you got Blake Snell and you Darvish. Good job. Um, but the Dodgers are loaded and just all forty man rosters are loaded. Padres are about maybe twenty people loaded wise, so And they just yeah. got Trevor Bauer too. Yeah, it's gonna be intriguing, but it's you know we know who's gonna end in the playoffs out there. It's gonna be the Dodgers and the Padres, but Baseball season's here. I'm 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 ecstatic for it. Um, hopefully, it's a a good season for my team, but I highly doubt it. But Tatis and his agent just broke records, so that's yeah. He did 14 year deal for over 300 million dollars. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Okay. But you know, as a Yankee fan, as a childhood Yankee fan who grew up in a family of Met fans, um, I feel. Highly optimistic for them boys in the orange and blue. Highly optimistic. I think they – I don't think they win their division still. I think the Braves are still world uh, better. 
the the Braves are, in my opinion, the team to beat in that division because you do not take away a division crown from a team that was three games away from the World Series last year and yeah. say that and say that the Mets are better. And I've seen some experts saying that the Nationals are better than the Braves. The Braves, they're young and they just got more playoff experience last year. They're going to be a threat again this year. And because of how the playoff format, they're going back to their traditional way. Uh, they're not a wild card team. They're going to win no. the division. And I think the Mets are going to be the wild card team. And you're going to have Padres and Mets in the wild card game. And that's going to be disappointing for one of those teams. Because I think both those teams are 90 plus win organizations. Yeah. Padres might be a hundred win organization as a wild card. Um, but the wild, the stupid one game elimination wild card game is going to cost a very good franchise a chance to win a World Series at the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm happy for all the Mets brethren out there who listen to us. Um, your team is a bright future, and I'm telling you this as an Islander fan. Once the culture changes, you start to win. You will start to win. And you're already seeing it with Stevie Cohen. You saw it with the Islanders, with Barry Trotz, with, with Lou Lamorello coming in, with Ledecky and Malkin as the owners. You've already seen it with the Isles Eastern two games away from the Stanley cup final last year. And, you know, I could say the same thing, but the Jaguars, but one in 15 seasons. So. Well, Jaguars, in my opinion, are we're getting, they're getting scrutinized for a hire that Meyer just made, but the guy never really stepped into the building. He resigned before then. And we're national headline news. Uh, uh, you have people like Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp saying that the, the Jacksonville Jaguar organization is the most racist organization in the NFL. Go look at the coaching staff. It's one of the most yeah. diverse coaching staffs you ever see in the NFL. Yeah. Um, because, yes, the Jaguars made a – well, Urban Meyer made a dumb hire, but the guy never even set foot in the facility. They're doing this. They're putting as much shade as they are want to the Jacksonville Jaguars because they got the golden child. They got Trevor Lawrence. They got the number one overall pick. And if they despise they, they will take him. I hope they take him. They are taking him because, fun fact, me with my connections here in Jacksonville, his fiance slash wife has already bought a house here in Jacksonville. They already, <laughs> they already, they already know. They already know he's here in Jacksonville. So all the people saying Zach Wilson, which I don't know why all of a sudden Zach Wilson is better than Justin Fields. Not. Um, me and my friend, my, me and my buddy here in Jacksonville, it's basically the, the Zach Wilson ordeal is really laughable, in my opinion. Um, they said, what, how, what's the, the separation between Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence? I'm like, okay, here it is. You got Trevor Lawrence at number one. Then you have a country mile. Then you have Justin Fields. Then you have the distance between Earth and Mars. Then you have Zach Wilson. And someone goes, man, you don't, you, you, you're, you're very down, low on Zach Wilson. It's like he played in a smaller school against lesser competition. I don't want to compare him to Carson Wentz, but no. it's starting to sound like Carson Wentz because so, Carson Wentz shined against. against lower level football. Coming from here. You, you are the Jacksonville Jaguars. You have the top overall pick in the draft, correct? And a quarterback potentially who we're calling the next generational talent since Peyton Manning or. Or if you want to go further than that, John Owe in 1983. Yeah. You think, and I have been 
on the record and I've said, I do not trust Ohio State quarterbacks. I was Correct. willing to put Ohio State quarterbacks at, I was willing to put Justin Fields at fourth at my quarterback ranking behind Wilson and even Trey Nance. Because I, 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 I don't know about Trey Nance. Exactly. I still think, I still think Fields is the better of the three remaining quarterbacks after Lawrence. And yeah. I'm not he, denying that, but he, I just, he, I think you look at the overall history since Troy Smith of Ohio State quarterbacks going into the draft, mm-hmm. or even playing at Ohio State. Correct. JT Barrett wasn't the most phenomenal quarterback, but he won a ton of games. Yeah. Okay. Like Dwayne Haskins wasn't a good quarterback in the pros. He won a lot of games in the NFL. Cord- uh, Cordell Jones. So Cardell Cardell Jones. Yeah, Cardell uh, Jones. Great example. Twelve, 12 gate shotgun. Threw the ball like a rocket. Won a national title. Was nothing in the pros. Yeah. Some he, he showed some light in DC for the DC defenders in the XFL, but he wasn't a. Let's just say you just go up north to Michigan where they've actually produced NFL quarterbacks and Chad Henning and, oh, yeah, that six-round nobody uh, who talks so much trash on Twitter now because he has the right to go Hall of Famer, the best quarterback, greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. Ohio State's had histories of not producing quarterbacks, just not Urban Meyer's area, just not Ryan Day's era, not Joe Tressel area. It goes back years. Yeah. Um, I don't even think Eddie George had a quarterback. I think the last great quarterback that played in Ohio State is actually covering college football on ESPN, and that's Kurt Herbstreit. Yep. And that tells that's a you lot. a lot about Ohio State. Ohio State produces hell of defensive ends, hell of defensive players, hell of running backs with Zeke Elliott and, Elliott and, uh, and uh, Eddie Robbins. George and awesome raw receivers and tight ends. But they don't produce quarterbacks, and it's not the. And I, I've heard people say oh, it's the coach that does that. No, it's not because college NFL quarterbacks, some of the best NFL quarterbacks to ever set foot in the league, were not even good in college. Some of them were decent, some of them caught fire. And there's some quarterbacks that were awesome in college that go in the NFL, turn out to be nothing. Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, Mark Sanchez, Ryan, Mark Butt Fumble Sanchez, uh, um. Ryan Leaf, to name a few. And you had quarterbacks who were just average in college, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. He was good in NC State, but he wasn't he was better in NC State than he was in Wisconsin, but he discredits NC State period because of uh, I think it was Tom Dorian. I think it's the head coach of NC State said you're playing football. And he goes, No, I'm gonna play football and baseball. Um, but Ohio State. I don't. You can tell any Buckeye fan out there. I may piss off any Buckeye fans out there. I don't <laughs> care. Um, you're not a quarterback hub. You'll never be a quarterback hub because no, you never, have never 30, ever. 40, maybe 50 years of history of not having the quarterback. You've had great talent around you, and you've won national championships, and you've also won lots of Big Ten titles. But we have to realize that two to three years, maybe the, recently, maybe five of the last ten years, the Big Ten has been – at the same level as the SEC, but over the last 50 years, they have nowhere near the talent and nowhere near competition as the SEC and the ACC and the Pac-12. Thank you. Uh, Because back in the day, the Big Ten was, let's get some big boy corn-fed offensive linemen and hand off the football. While the the SEC and the Pac-12 and the Big 12 were spread them out, we're going to throw the football down the field. Um, But, yeah, Ohio State quarterbacks do not succeed in the NFL. Does that mean Justin Fields? Does that mean Justin Fields is going to be successful in the NFL? I think he will in the right system. 
Thank you. Because yes. he is a, he's a better put because you look at Justin Fields compared to Cordell uh, Cardell Jones and Dwayne Haskins and JT Barrett and the list goes on. Justin Fields has more of an NFL body, more of an NFL caliber player. He reminds me of Donovan McNabb, a young Donovan. Yeah, and, um, he can move on his feet. He has a great arm, but he's not a scrambling quarterback. The problem is, is that the reason why Cardell Jones, in my opinion, gets a bad rap is because he had three or four great games in Ohio State, and that was during the Big Ten Championship playoff in the national title. Teams didn't have film on him, and at, Urban Meyer did a great time, put him in the game plan, and executed well. And plus, they were loaded on that team. You had one of the best running backs ever playing college football behind you, and Ezekiel Elliott, who now is one of the top-tier running backs in the NFL. He's you had talent everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, Ohio State quarterbacks are not successful in the NFL, and it's not because what they did in college is because they can't transition. We have a great example right now with Dwayne Haskins. He thinks he's going to be a, a newcomer, and then Pittsburgh's going to be the savior of him. No, he's not. Pittsburgh's not going to save Dwayne Haskins. He is, he is undedicated. He doesn't want to put time in the work, and he doesn't want to put the effort to be a starting quarterback in the National Football League. Right. You have a third-string quarterback, Tyler Heineke, from the St. Louis Battlehawks, who was a backup with the St. Louis Battlehawks in the XFL, now having the starting role in Washington, maybe starting role. I think Alex Smith, they competed, but he's got $3 million contract. So, yeah, Ohio State quarterbacks are not, don't succeed in the NFL, but everyone else, they yep. produce. They're yep. legit, but quarterbacks, no, not even a question. Now, I want to get your thoughts. Now, it's been a few years since the Jaguars AFC title game run. Yeah. So I want to get your thoughts on what the hell happened in Jacksonville because I have a few thoughts on it. I thought you can point immediately to Jalen Ramsey, to Tom Coughlin. No, Ramsey. Uh, Ramsey and Coughlin, yes. Um, Ramsey is not. Coughlin is the old school type of head coach. You come to work early, you leave late, you spend. 24-7, 24 hours a day, seven days a week on your craft. And in the National Football League, that doesn't ride. That's not college. College, you can do that. In the NFL, you cannot do that. And Tom Coughlin was a thumper, and he always looked over Doug Monroe's shoulder. And Jalen Ramsey was – well, we called him here the Joker because he was – he was arrogant, and he's legit. He's one one of the top best DBs in the NFL. You can't argue against that. But when you look at it, when you look at the outside, people look at it, so what's Jacksonville doing? Ramsey was a cancer in the in the in the, in the, in the team. Once Coughlin left, Ramsey got his way. Then Ramsey was asking ridiculous contracts. Then he got into the heads of Yannick Agakwe. He got in the head of his homeboy Leonard Fournette, and he got in the head of many other people like AJ Boye. But when Ramsey left, he said, "I'm leaving because you guys don't have a quarterback." And I've always said this as a Jaguar fan and as a Patriot fan, that AFC championship game was quite entertaining for me. I was depressed and sad, depressed, happy at both sides because I love both teams. I grew up a Patriot fan, and the Jaguars are my hometown team, so I followed them for tw- since they've been in I-5. So I've been a dual-team fan ever. But what stopped the Jacksonville Jackson- Hawks for me, so there you go. <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars, in my opinion, that 2019, 20, 2018. 17. 27 to 2018 year, I think that's the playoffs were in 2018, but it was a 2017 season. Gotcha. Um, they were a quarterback away, and 
if they had like a quarterback like a Matthew Stafford or they had a quarterback like maybe a Ryan Tannehill, they would have made it to the Super Bowl. Um, Blake Borles was just not the guy. They had the team around them. They had the running game. They had probably the best defense in the NFL, uh, a defense at that time that shut down Tom Brady and Amadola and Edelman and Gronkowski. But unfortunately, uh, they couldn't do it. Tom Brady did his classic comeback like he always does in Gillette. Um, that's just – that's like life. You, you're born. You live. Brady does comebacks in fourth quarter in Gillette. You die. That's just life. Uh, but the Jaguars' demise started that offseason after the AFC Championship game, and it started with Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey is a talented player. His ego got in the way. His buddies on the organization were getting greedy. You're not you're – not, Yanaki Gagakwe wanted like a $45 million contract for five years, and he wasn't going to get that in Jacksonville. He wasn't going to get that in the NFL, period. Then he got traded, I think, to Minnesota. Now he's in Baltimore now. Um, He got got traded to the Ravens from Minnesota. Yes, you're right. Um, uh, Clayus Campbell, which was the mayor who literally still lives here in Jacksonville, uh, now plays in Baltimore. He mutually left. Uh, He decided to leave because – uh, he, the Jacksonville wasn't going to pay their $21 million. And, and the national narrative that you hear Jacksonville is people, they, they think Jacksonville's not doing anything. We're, you know, we're, we're out of nowhere and no one cares about us. They're the number one overall pick. They have $89 million in salary cap. That'd they have fun. a new, they have a new head coach, a new GM and a owner that's tired of losing this yep. team. This team, I've, I've said this to my buddy, I've said this on my podcast, and I've said it against the other guys here on the Unhinged Sports Network. Come December of next year, Jacksonville will be in playoff contention. They oh, will be better. Because they're going to get either one or two defensive players. I think they're going to get Williams from uh, the Giants, uh, whose strong interests are coming to Jacksonville. Uh, or Orlando uh, Brown from the Ravens that had strong interest in coming to Jacksonville for a left tackle that helped Lawrence's blind side. And Allen Robinson, the former wide receiver that, who played for Jacksonville, who now is in Chicago, has strong interest in returning to Jacksonville. Here's another side note that a lot of people don't know. He still lives in Jacksonville in summertime, so he won't be moving. No. So Jacksonville has $89 million, enough to get big-time free agents. Enough to lure big time free agents, even giving you know JJ Watt an extremely amount of money to just go play one season. Jacksonville can do that. The Jets can do that, and the Jack and the Jaguars can do it. So when I hear the national narrative saying that Jacksonville doesn't know what they're doing, Urban Meyer's going to run this thing to the ground, you don't know that. It's all questions. The only reason why they're putting shade on Jacksonville right now is because Trevor Lawrence is coming to Jacksonville. And they can't stand it because they were already set for the Trevor Lawrence, the Big Apple. Let's make the statue right by John, uh, Johnny oh, United. It's a. I was hearing it all over sport. I was hearing it all <clears throat> over because I'm a little thing about me. I'm on Long Island. Mm-hmm. I, I have I have it everywhere on ESPN Radio, the F- WFAN. I hear it everywhere. Like, oh, the Jets need to do this. The Jets. Mm-hmm. I'm like. First of all, I mean, because I'm watching tape. Yes, the Jets were an infinitely worse team going for most of the year. Yeah, and then you beat the Rams. You beat the Rams, a team that you were a thirteen and a half point underdog in. And when you beat, when the Jets beat the Rams, Jacksonville embraced the tank. They yep. told they yep. told the third leading rusher in the NFL, James Robinson, an undrafted rookie from Illinois State. Good for him. To, to sit out. He already was clear to play. Just sit out. We're done. 
We had two receivers that had – one had a ingrown toenail. That was the official injury. They call oh, it turf toe. Um, they told him just sit out. They told DJ Chark to don't return. No, it was LaVisca Chenault. They told him to not return. And they started Mike Glennon. So when the national media says Jacksonville didn't try and ended in the same at the oh, end of the year, yes. um, was was this same criticism for the Cleveland Browns when they drafted Baker Mayfield? I was was this say the same? Like where where were the where's the criticism when the yeah. Browns won lost thirty one games yeah. two years? Now, where where, was where that? Where was the criticism for the Arizona Cardinals? What was the criticism for the Detroit Lions? What was the criticism oh, for God, the Atlanta Hawks? No, there was none. There was nothing. But once Jacksonville embraced the tank, once Trevor Lawrence and that statue already built right there outside of the New Jersey MetLife Stadium, home of the New York Jets, you don't even play in the damn same city. Biggest, oh. dis- biggest disgrace. And it's and it's it's done. The heart's broken. Now Lawrence is guaranteed to Jacksonville, and now the narrative I've heard is like Lawrence won't be up to par for the the low. Sure. The, you actually look at the because you can tell this better than anyone as any as any Jaguar fan I've ever met. Mm-hmm. You look at that team on paper; they are yeah. a good few moves away from being a playoff team. I, I, I say this. At week nine of this season, Jacksonville was a top 15 offense with three quarterbacks leading it. Crazy yes, to think of, about that. A lot of – yeah, that's interesting. People say, oh, Jacksonville's offensive line is garbage. That's another question that everyone I hear all the time on the national media. They're not. Jacksonville's offensive line was ranked 10th in the NFL. I'm about to say, it's not bad. They got – That's not – Two first – were they the, first-round picks of tackle? Uh, yeah. Robinson's going to get paid. Uh, he he might not get what he wants. That's the thing down here. But he might get a two year deal. He wants a five year. But most likely the Jags are going to franchise tag him. So that's good, which is good. Um, but the bring up the offensive line question is that Jackson's offensive line was ranked tenth in the NFL last year. The twenty twenty Super Bowl champion Buccaneers offensive line was ranked seventeenth in the nation which is or crazy in, in the league. Yes. Kansas City Chiefs offensive line, 23rd. So when he said the offensive line is not going to predict or protect Lawrence, the icon that is Patrick Mahomes played behind one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL and literally single-handedly by himself beat the Patriots. Unfortunately, his weapons couldn't catch on to the football because they were too busy hitting helmets, but still. Jacksonville is a few pieces away of not just being a contender, but they're they're a few pieces away of being a legit threat yeah. to not just win, not just be a contender to make the playoffs, but win a division. I'm not saying Super Bowl titles; they're a couple of years away. But the reason why the narrative you hear right now, all the shade being thrown, yes, the hiring of the hiring and resigning of Chris Dole was bull. Big, I agree with that. That's crazy. Super yep. shit never done. Yep. But all the shade that's being thrown on Jacksonville over the last couple of weeks. It's because they know Jacksonville in three to five years might be playing for a Super Bowl title with Lawrence. Oh. They, they might know that. That's why Where's they're throwing shade. Jersey? I got to get this for you, my friend. Where did I put this? this may, you may love this one. So for those watching on YouTube. Mark Brunel. Yep. So I have this ready. Mark Brunel jersey. You're just going to go right there. Oh, that is good because I loved that defense. 
bring bringing sh- that that twenty seven the Saxonville defense that brought shades of hot shots that were the Seattle Seahawks yep. during their glory days. Even if you want to go back to two thousand five. But if people don't understand is one thing I guess like uh, Urban Meyer has a coach in the NFL. Well, he just hired Marty Schartenheimer, who was part of the Seattle Seahawks team that went to the Super Bowl a couple Correction. years ago. Correction, Brian Schartenheimer. Brian, not Marty. Marty passed Marty away. is no longer with Whereas, us. But his son, <laughs> I, I, it's a Schottenheimer. But he was a part Brian of the – he was a, he was the offense coordinator that brought the Seahawks to the Super Bowl. Uh, they've hired That's a couple of – incorrect also. Daryl Bevel, you mean. He was part of the team, though. No, Marty – Brian Schottenheimer was part of – the he, was part of, he was part of the team that Darryl went to the Bevel, Super Bowl. Daryl Bevel was the offensive coordinator. Yeah, but he was a part of the team, though. Teams, yes. Yes, he wasn't the OC. He was a part of the team, though. He was making his way up there. That's what I've heard. I may have got it wrong, but that's what I get no, from the news media here. No. Seahawks fan, you, there, Marty, Brian Schottheimer got there in 20, 2018. He got there in 2018. Mm-hmm. Daryl Bevel was the offensive coordinator from twenty from 2020. 12 to 2017 when he eventually got fired. So he was a part of those two Super Bowl teams, including Russell Wilson's rookie year. So you got Daryl Bevel. I can right. check for you right now if you like. Okay. Um, but one thing that it was one of the good hires that Aramar did, he's he basically got most of Baltimore's defensive coordinators to be the defensive coordinator down in Jacksonville. Now that's a position that Jacksonville needs to fix is defense. The offense is fine. You got Levis's Cano, you got D-Day Chark, you have uh Keenan Cole, you have James Robinson, and you need maybe a tight end here or there, but when you have a quarterback that can throw the ball at the place where a receiver is supposed to be, it's going to happen. Jacksonville, yeah. in my opinion, well, you, we d- we do have a tight end, but it, Tyler Eifert has been just, you know, he's not the Tyler Eifert that played in Cincinnati. Eifert and Oliver are not terrible tight ends. No. Um, right. And one of the coolest names uh, of a tight end is O'Shagasy. Uh, we got, uh, we got O'Shagasy, yeah. and I always get the Keenan Peel O'Shagasy every time um, Every time he gets a touchdown. And he even got a, even a, a retweet by uh, Keenan Peel one day about his name, and they call him O'Shagasy. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but the Jaguars, in my opinion – People are saying, oh, you're just jumping on the bandwagon. Uh, I remember in 95. I remember in 96 when we retired Jim Kelly. I remember in 96 when we went up to Mile High and shut up 65,000 fans with Mark Brunell and Jimmy Smith on a fourth and one. Fourth and one on their 27-yard line. In field goal range, could have just made it a four-point game. They throw a fade route to Jimmy Smith to ice the game in oh. a wild card game. Then they went to New England and they lost to the Patriots because everyone lost to the Patriots. Patriots went on to lose to Brett Favre and the Packers. Then the following year, the Broncos went on back to back. They beat the Packers and they beat the Hawks for the Super Bowl. So they got the redemption. And I was a Jaguar fan in '97 when they made a run. '98 and the '99 year should have been the uh, should have been the Rams and Jaguars in the Super Bowl, but it wasn't because of the goddamn Titans. Thank uh, you. Uh, short shit. Seven and nine. Mr. Jeff Fisher with a Hall of Fame, a rest in peace, Eric McNair. But as a in 99, the, the people, the team that won that game was not the freaking offensive side of the ball. It was Albert Haynesworth, Albert Haynesworth, was, uh, Samari Roll, and that Titans defense. One of the nastiest defenses I ever remember as a kid was that Tennessee Titan team. And, it's, and Jacksonville Jaguars in 99 went 15 and three, 15 and three that year. All three losses were to the Tennessee Titans. Yep. 
And as Jaguar fans, we hate Tennessee. Oh, yeah. I despise Tennessee. And Derrick Henry, Tennessee, and Tannehill, they're legit a quarterback away of being Super Bowl contenders. But I think their time is running out pretty soon because they're getting older each year. And for Jaguar fans, we just been getting a bit slapped around for many years. We you know, made like, the play. It's just like that meme of the Simpsons characters, like excellent. You're just yes. patiently waiting. Yeah. Patiently and, meanwhile, waiting. and me watching Houston implode puts a smile on my face because I know that guarantees us two wins <laughs> next year. Um, we always beat Indianapolis somehow, so we will split Minneapolis one and one. So I look at the schedule next year, and of course, NFL I think is going to a 17 game schedule next year, which is odd. But I look at the schedule next year. Jacksonville, in my opinion, should be six and ten at worst, but at best eight and eight. And if they continue this expanded playoff, nine and seven may make it get into the postseason. So. I think the Jaguar schedule is very favorable next year. And if Lawrence is what people think he is and what he's going to be, 2022-2023, Jacksonville would be competing for division titles. And by 2024, Jacksonville should be winning, should be in the Super Bowl playing for a championship. Oh, oh the confidence, my man. I love it. That's if they think if Lawrence is who he is. Now, Lawrence could be Ryan Leaf, and Jacksonville could just be in misery for the next 20, 30 years. But the city is investing so much money in Lawrence. They want him to carry the uh, carry the uh, torch. And if he does that, if he does that, uh, Jacksonville will pass the $1.3 billion project of a new football stadium here in Jacksonville that is being rumored that's not official yet. Uh, to be built to keep the Jaguars here so you can toss away the London and, oh, yeah, the St. Louis rumors um, of relocation. So, yes, um, I'm throwing out hot fire. (laughs) I'm throwing out hot fire because I hate hearing on all the national radio all the misinformation that the national media thinks what Jacksonville is. Uh, The reason why Jacksonville is hated in the NFL is because we got a Super Bowl before Minnesota did and before Indianapolis did. And the reason why we got a Super Bowl is because we had an owner at the time, Wayne Reaver, who spent money for it. They hated us. They hated, they've always hated us that. And ESPN hated us, and they even wrote articles about how crappy our city is. They despise us. We haven't done anything in the National Football League as an organization, but they hate Jacksonville. And that's what I love about it is because now the golden child of the next generational quarterback is coming to Jacksonville, and they can't fucking stand it. So they have to now create a narrative on Trevor Lawrence like they have created a narrative on Tom Brady for 20 years in the NFL of hating him. But loving a Peyton Manning, they love Peyton Manning and despise Tom Brady. Peyton Manning is the greatest. Yeah, Tom Brady has done exactly what Peyton Manning has done and 10 times more. But, oh, no, he cheated. He's defying all those allegations and still kicked your ass for more titles. So Trevor Lawrence is... Trevor Lawrence is now the next guy that's going to be hated in the NFL because he plays uh, in Jacksonville. I love it. I love it every second of it. Um, as also a part-time Jet fan, um, I am one of the very few people who say the Jets should keep Sam. Now, I have right to defend Sam on certain occasions. He had because. Two coaches in this league for three years. Todd mm-hmm. Bowles, Adam Gase for back-to-back years. His offensive line's been putrid bad. Receivers, putrid bad. Mm-hmm. And I say keep the second pick, use the Seahawks pick 
for the next two years, wherever it is, build around him. Don't make the same mistake the Colts made with Andrew Luck. You have to build around him. And before we before we end this segment, ultimately end the show for this episode, what do you think the Jets could do as opposed to what they should do? From a person who has watched my Patriots destroy the Jets over so many years and also yeah. lost a lot of playoff games to, by the Jets, the Jets organization over the last couple of years, in my opinion, this is from an outsider looking in, doesn't know how to manage people. Yes, you might see a good option that you think is great for your team. They'll do the opposite. For some odd reason, say I think Sam is not going to be in a Jets uniform next year. I think he, for some, I, the best fit for him may be Houston with the trade for Deshaun. I could tell you San Francisco. Yes. I could argue San Francisco would be a great fit. But I have a feeling Sam is going to be playing in Philadelphia. I, I, I have some odd feeling. I think he's going to be in Philly because awesome. so far, whoever thought Matthew Stafford was going to be in L.A.? Whoever thought Jared Goff is going to be Detroit, and whoever thought Carson Wentz is going to be Indy, just two weeks ago, people were people. People two weeks ago said we knew there was a quarterback competition in LA, but people thought Sam Bradford was Matthew Stafford was um, Indianapolis bound, New England bound, or even Houston bound. The NFL is so you can't predict it now, and we're still three weeks away from free agency. And being honest, from outsider looking in, I think. Sam is going to be in another jersey, and for if it if it benefits the Jets, he'll be uh, playing in Houston while the Sean Watson is in in the, in the Jets. But as what the Jets might do, they might just sit on the pick and actually draft Justin Fields at number two or huh. trade Lance at number two. Who knows? Who knows yeah. what happens with that? Uh, thank you for joining us for this no episode problem. of Time to Be Us podcast. Uh, be sure to check out our sideshows of BS Sessions. Volumes 14 and 15 will be out hopefully soon. Jim, my man, thank you for finally coming on with us. No problem. It is a blast, my man. So, as always, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in, and we hope to see you around. Mm-hmm.